What is up my Andronauts? In this video, I'm going to show you how Jimson affects testosterone, estrogen, prolactin, EHD, sexual function, all of the things you need to know about regular Jimson, white Jimson, baby Jimson, steam, everything you need to know about Jimson and how that will affect your hormones and your journey to becoming an alpha in the Gmail. If you haven't already, be sure to get my ebook on how to maximize your testosterone naturally. Also, if you would like to do coaching with me, links are in the description below. Let's dive in. All right, so here is what you need to know about Jensen, some fun facts. So first of all, the genus named Panix is given to Jensen by a Russian botanist Carl A. Mayer in 1843. Panix means ball healing in Greek, and Panix Jensen is con conventionally referred to as Asian Jensen, so it's not American Jensen. So what you need to know about Jensen, the different types, is you have the red Korean Jensen, you have the American Jensen, you have Siberian Jensen, which is actually a youth growth. And then you have Chinese ginseng. So actually, there are at least nine species of ginseng and are mostly named by their geographical origins, such as the Asian ginseng, which is Spanish ginseng, American ginseng, and Japanese ginseng. Those are the three main ones that you typically get. Also, you get the air-dried, which is white ginseng. You get red ginseng, which is steamed. And then you get the black ginseng, which is processed at a much higher temperature than the red ginseng. Right? So fresh ginseng is less than four years old, white ginseng is four to six years old and dried after peeling with air, and then red ginseng is harvested when six-year-old steamed and then dried. So there's differences. So the different processes of the age and how they're processed will alter the ginsenicide content inside the ginseng, which will then have slightly different effects on the human body. So to date, there are more than a hundred different ginsenocytes with various pharmacological effects that have been isolated and identified in the roots of panic ginseng with ginsenocyte RB1, RB2, RG1, and RE being the most abundant. Right, so as you can see from the structures, it's very similar to testosterone and estrogen, the structures, but then they have these additional thingies attached to them, um, which will give them additional effects, of course. So let's talk about how ginseng affects testosterone. The first study I want to talk about is they used ginseng berry extract, which had at least 5% ginseng aside, and it was the highest in RG1. As you can see, RG1 here, it had the highest amount of it. Then it had some other ginsenocytes here as well, also in relatively decent amounts, but definitely the highest in RG1. So um, this the study found in vitro that this ginseng berry extract increased serogenic enzymes like STAR, CYB11A1, which converts cholesterol into pregnenolone, and the CYB17A1, which converts androstenedione into testosterone. So it had the stimulatory effect on the serogenic enzymes. In vitro, you will see the same thing, how in a dose-dependent response, it increased STAR, which transports cholesterol into the mitochondria to be converted to pregnenolone. And it also increased the enzyme that converts, as I mentioned, uh, cholesterol into pregnenolone. And then lastly, it increased this CYP, the uh, 17A1, as well. So this is what happens um, in vivo in animals. It doesn't just happen in vitro. And what they also did is that they treated these animals with endotoxin. So they injected them with the toxin. And Jensen was able to rescue the decrease in these sterogenic enzymes when they injected them with endotoxin. Quite awesome. So specifically, American Paddix Jensen can increase testosterone in humans. Jensenocyte RG1 is responsible for the increase in serotestosterone levels. 
Dimsenoside RB1 can increase the secretion of LH by acting directly on the anterior pituitary gland. So this was the human study that they did. I can unfortunately not get access to the full study. So I don't know what dose that they used or what kind of specific extract or by how much the, um, this extract increased testosterone. Now it was 66 patients being treated with American Benning's Jensen of whom 30 of these patients, uh, they were oligoastenospermic. 16 were also this oligoastenospermic with Mibarocazole. So these guys were obviously not healthy and they were treated with Panix Jensen, and they showed an increase in spermatozoa number per milliliter, progressive oscillating motility, and increase in plasma total and free testosterone, DHT, uh, some hormone, LH levels, but a decrease in prolactin levels. So they got an increase in testosterone, DHT, LH, FSH, and a decrease in prolactin from using Panix Jensen. As I mentioned, I don't know what dose they used, unfortunately. So, so it has to be American Panix Jensen because... Um, when they used 2.7 grams of the Korean red ginseng, which is not high, in RG1, which is responsible for the increase in testosterone, you see no increase in testosterone. So this might look like a big drop on this graph, but it was actually going from 488 to 448 nanograms per deciliter. So they actually got a small decrease after about, I think it was 12 weeks with Korean ginseng. A second study also found that 3 grams of Korean red ginseng didn't increase or lower testosterone. It went from 552 uh, to 560 nanograms per deciliter after about 12 weeks. So it didn't increase testosterone. It has to be the American Banish Jensen reaching RG1. All right, let's switch over to Jensen on the DHT. Some people think that Jensen can actually lower DHT, but, but as I have showed you in the above study in humans, those guys actually got an increase in testosterone and DHT. So there was a few studies showing that the Jensen can DHT can <laughs> Jensen can decrease DHT. Let me discuss those two with you so you can get the understanding. So the first study was Jensen oil, red Jensen oil, decreased, reduced the prostate weight by 18%, suppressed DHT by 22%, and decreased 5-alpha-reductase type 2 by 12%. So it was a specific extract. Now, Red ginseng oil is obtained through the extraction of supercritical fluid, basically CO2 extraction like an essential oil. So unlike red ginseng aqueous, which is a water extract containing a large amount of ginsenocytes, red ginseng oil mainly has non-saponin-based active compounds and is rich in fatty acids such as linoleic acid and phytosterols such as beta-thetosterol. And we know that linoleic acid and beta-thetosterol both inhibit 5-alpha reductase. So red ginseng oil does not really contain ginsenocytes, but rather like fatty acids and phytosterols, which inhibit 5-alpha reductase. The, um, the second study looked at, uh, again, red Korean ginseng and the extract. Uh, they looked at the, the root extract, and also the rhizome extract. So the rhizome is this sideward growing branch, right? So the extracts of red ginseng rhizome showed greater dose-dependent inhibitory effect against distortion 5-alpha reductase when compared with extracts from the main root. So the main root of red Korean ginseng was not as potent inhibi inhibition as the rhizome. Um, ginsenocyte RO, the predominant ginsenocyte of in the rhizome, and ginsenocyte RG3, a unique ginsenocyte, gins ginsenocyte in red ginseng, showed inhibitory activity against 5-alpha reductase. So uh, a different strain. So you can see like the RG3, which is unique to red ginseng, inhibited 5-alpha reductase. 
So the results of Jensen are distinct from the root with regards to the Jensenocyte RO content. I will show all of this to you guys in just a second. The inhibitory effects of Jensen rhizomes against 5-alpha reductase were more potent than those of the root, and the inhibitory effects of red Jensen against 5-alpha reductase were more potent than those of other types of Jensen. Because red Jensen contains RG3, whereas the other Jensen's do not to the same extent. So let me show you. They had red Jensen, well Jensen, cultivated Jensen, they had the Japanese Jensen, and they had the American Jensen. So I want to look specifically at the RG3 and the RO, which were the two main ones that inhibited 5-alpha reductase. So you can see an RG3, which was the most potent, it was only found in red Jensen. And you can see the main root had 0.3 and the rhizome had 0.5. So it's five times more RG3 in the rhizome than the main root, and this is why the rhizome was more potent than the root. But it basically comes down to consuming red Jensen, not the other Jensen's, not found in other Jensen's. And if we look at RO, the zone had significantly more, six times more of the RO than the main root. And if we look at Japanese Jensen, it was actually also very high in RO. And if we look at American Jensen, there wasn't that big of a difference between the main root and the rhizome, just a double difference instead of a six-fold difference. Um, so the RO seems to be more or less the same in all of them, except the Japanese was really high. But they didn't have any of the RG3, which was the most potent inhibitor of 5-alpha reductase. So RG3 on 5-alpha reductase, this is the percentage inhibition, right? Percentage inhibition. So they had finasteride as a control, 66% inhibition of 5-alpha reductase. The RG3, the 100 inhibited by 53%, 200 by 77%. So the RG was very strong inhibitory, almost equivalent to finasteride depending on the dose. And then the RO had about an 18% and a 31%. So it was still relatively decent, but not nearly as strong as the RG3. So if you want to maximize your DHT levels, avoid red green ginseng or just red ginseng in general. You want to stick to American ginseng, which has actually been shown to have a neutral effect on DHT or might help to increase your DHT by increasing testosterone. All right, let's switch over to sexual function. So... 2.7 grams of Korean red ginseng on erectile function. Here you can see that this is baseline, and this is the Korean red ginseng actually increased libido in erectile function. So despite the fact that it might lower DHT, it could still have a beneficial effect on erectile function. So this was the ginseng first group. You can see how the erectile function improved uh, during the time that they used it. Then they stopped using it and went back to baseline. And then this group used placebo first, and then they used the ginseng. You can see how libido spiked or erectile function spike when they start using it. So 2.7 grams of Korean red ginseng was definitely effective in improving erectile function. However, there was a 2021 meta-analysis that included nine studies, human studies. It included almost 600 men with mild to moderate erectile dysfunction, aged between 20 and 70 years old. They found that ginseng appeared to have a trivial effect on erectile dysfunction when compared to placebo based on the erectile function domain of international index of erectile function, there's a 15-instrument uh, scale, which is a scale of 1 to 30, assuming a minimal clinical important difference of 4. So basically, uh, they scale it from 1 to 30. So let's say you're on a 10, and it would be a meaningful difference if you go from a 10 to a 40, at least a 4-point increase. And Jensen didn't even do a 4-point increase. And then on a different scale, on a scale of 1 to 25, um, 
with a clinical significance of five, it didn't do that either. So it had a trivial improvement on erectile function. But as I mentioned in these, uh, the, like two other studies, some people do get a good benefit in erectile function when using Jensen. But this 2021 meta-analysis found no real improvements, very trivial. So this is why I'm not a big fan of recommending Jensen for erectile function in general. It could be used for mood benefits, for microbiome benefits, for energy benefits, but not really for erectile function, right? It, it might be a nice bonus if you get that, but I wouldn't use it primarily for that. All right, in terms of prolactin, we have red ginseng had no effect on prolactin, and then American Panics lowers, uh, American ginseng lowers prolactin. So you can see that regardless of the dose, really, of the ginseng they used, all of the doses effectively decrease prolactin showing either it has anti-serotonin or anti-estrogen or a pro-dopamine effect, which is why it lowers prolactin here. Um, and then in terms of days of treatment, the longer you use it, the more effective it's going to be. Obviously, it was 28 days. Um, so almost max benefit was yet gotten after 14 days, and then 28 days was like slightly better than 14 days. But you got to use it for a little while to get all of the benefits. So Ray Jensen doesn't really seem to be that good. It doesn't increase testosterone. It might lower DHT. Uh, it doesn't really affect your prolactin levels, whereas American Jensen will increase testosterone, likely increase DHT as well, help to lower prolactin and have a bunch of other benefits as well. All right, so is Jensen estrogenic? A few people might ask this, and the structure of Jensen aside, as I mentioned at the beginning of the video, are structurally very similar to hormones like testosterone or estrogen. And so ginsenocytes activate genomic pathways by initially binding to intracellular nuclear hormone receptors, such as the cortisol receptor, progesterone receptor, androgen receptor, the aldosterone receptor, estrogen receptor, PPAR receptor, and the LXR receptor, and the, the LH receptor. Right, so it does have hormonal benefits. It can activate various um, hormone receptors, right? It's not just estrogen or androgen receptor. It can activate multiple ones. So, or antagonized them also. So treatment of panics genes that upregulated both estrogen receptor alpha and beta into reproductive organs of females of both the normal and ovarian removed mice, demonstrating that panics genes has potent estrogenic activity. This was in female mice, right? So this was the only real study showing estrogenic effect in female mice. Um, a, red, a red Korean ginseng also upregulates estrogen receptor beta which seems to antagonize a lot of the bad estrogenic effects of the estrogen receptor alpha. So it doesn't just work only via the alpha receptor, but also via the beta, so it seems to have like a balancing effect there. And also it upregulates the androgen receptor and prevents downregulation of the androgen receptor, the LH receptor, and the FSH receptor by stress. So it can have good hormonal benefits regulating and so on. So I would not say that Everyone, I think a small percentage of people might be sensitive to the phytoestrogens in Jensen. But keep in mind that a bunch of herbs, including chubblesterases and coffee, contains phytoestrogens. But chances are you're more likely to get benefits and androgenic effects from using Jensen than estrogen, uh, the estrogen effects. And then on top of that, Jensen also has a bunch of brain benefits. So RB1 was shown to increase the uptake of choline in central cholinergic nerve endings and to facilitate the release of acetylcholine from hippocampal slices, which enhances learning and memory and was able to enhance nerve growth. So it enhances cholinergic signaling for learning and memory and so on. Jensen extract concentration dependently inhibit the uptake of GABA, glutamate, dopamine, norepinephrine, and serotonin, all helping to balance 
out each other calming while focusing at the same time. Can Cinecides compete with agonists for binding to the GABA A and B receptors? It has like that anti-anxiety calming effect. It inhibits the NMDA receptor, which helps against, uh, which it helps with the anti-anxiety effect. Um, and also it lowers serotonin and increases cortisol, dopamine, and BDNF that's been altered by sleep deprivation. This is specifically Korean gen cell. So when you're sleep deprived, serotonin goes up, cortisol and dopamine and everything goes down, and ginseng can help to swing that balance back the way it should be. Now, what's the difference between root and leaf? So ginseng root is pro-metabolic uh, in hypothyroidism. And in general, the root is warming, it's pro-metabolic, and the leaf is cooling, which is anti-metabolic. So I think most people will benefit more from something that's pro-metabolic, so the root will be better. And then if someone is clearly hyperthyroid, they have a very fast metabolism, they might benefit more from the leaf, which will be slightly more anti-metabolic. So someone that's very hyper-metabolic might struggle to build muscle, and they might feel as good. Being hyperthyroid is just as bad as being hypothyroid. So uh, you can balance that with the root or the leaf. So there you have it, ginseng might be able to increase testosterone and DHT and help to prolactin and might even be able to help to improve your sexual function. I've been using ginseng for a while, once I notice anything super miraculous, but I just feel good overall, so I think it has a good effect on me. The one that I had available was Korean white ginseng, which doesn't have the same DHT inhibitory effects, but it's not American ginseng, so maybe in the future I will experiment with that one. But uh, I want to hear from you guys. What's been your experience with Jensen? Do you notice like antigenic pro-dopamine effects from Jensen? Please let me know. Also, if you've tried different kinds of Jensen, also let me know in the comments what your experience was specifically with that. All right, guys. Hope you found this interesting. And I will check you in the next one. Cheers, guys.